This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool are into the quarter-finals of the Champions League after beating Inter Milan 2-1 on aggregate. You're listening to the post-game podcast with Patrick Smith after Liverpool lose 1-0 to Inter Milan at Anfield on the night, but progress to Europe's last state regardless of the results. Credit where credit's due, the reigning Italian champions were brilliant, with Lautaro Martinez's long-range thunderbolt giving them hope before being reduced to 10 men after former Manchester United forward Alexis Sanchez was deservedly sent off for a second yellow card. Liverpool's performance wasn't vintage, though they did create numerous chances that were spurned, but all that matters was progressing to the next stage of the competition as the Reds held on to see themselves through. We'll have all the reaction for you on the post-game podcast, starting with Paul Gorst's verdict, Jürgen Klopp's press conference and the thoughts of Reds fans Mark Baker, Stephen Dawson and Mike Holt. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool beating on the night at Anfield by Inter Milan 1-0 uh, thanks to the Soro Martinez goal but uh, that is not the main story. The main story is that Liverpool are through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League for the fourth time on the Jürgen Klopp. Uh, the 2-0 win in the San Siro last month it was enough to send them through uh, despite the abolition of the away goals rule um, difficult night for Liverpool uh, Inter defended superbly throughout it has to be said Liverpool had a number of, of big chances Mohamed Salah hit the post twice Luis Diaz off the bench he was blocked uh, superbly by Toro Vidal inside the six yard box but uh, it wasn't right where Liverpool were at the best uh, far from far from that uh, in fact and um, Inter didn't really cause too many problems either, but uh, Martin as a strike was a, a wonderful one from the Argentina striker, and he will be uh, pleased with that one, even if he will obviously be disappointed to uh, be eliminated from Europe's um, Premier competition. Uh, Liverpool started well, yeah, um, the first uh, knockout game in Anfield in the Champions League in front of uh, a full house for uh, two years since that Atletico Madrid game. You may remember that one ended in defeat, uh, so did this one, but uh, crucially, Liverpool. Good enough in Italy um, in the middle of February to uh, make sure that there is their name in the hat on March the, uh, the 18th uh, on Friday. So uh, that'll be a, a big day. Uh, no one will fancy Liverpool, you'd imagine, even though they have been beaten tonight. They've won the previous seven in the Champions League this season, including the uh, supposed group of death. It would be, of course, AC Milan, Porto and Atletico Madrid all beaten home and away before Inter were beaten in the San Siro last month. But uh, tonight was a bit of a blemish, a 15-game unbeaten run, dating back to that defeat uh, just before, just after Christmas, rather, by Leicester City. Uh, that has come to an end, but Jürgen Klopp has just spoken in his post-match press conference, and he did say if uh, there was a game that Liverpool could lose, it could be this one, just as long as their name was in the hat for the draw at full-time, and that is exactly what's happened. They were beaten here 1-0. But they've gone through 2-1 in aggregate. Uh, Klopp made four changes in total. Diogo Jota, Thiago Alcantara, Curtis Jones and Joel Matip all returning to the team. Uh, no Roberto Firmino, no Ibu Canate. We're still awaiting an update on either of those. Uh, Firmino was back in training this week, so hopefully he's just being rested for Saturday's trip to Brighton. So Klopp, once again, he's made changes. Uh, it's not the result that anyone wanted, but um, crucially Liverpool are through to the uh, next round. They're in the hat for the last eight. A third uh, quarter final of the season will now await Liverpool after their uh, FA Cup uh, and of course the Carabao Cup. It's finished here in Anfield. Uh, Liverpool nil, Inter Milan one, but uh, the better three for the last eight. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. 
Hi, Jürgen. Congratulations on reaching the quarterfinals. Uh, another night, you could probably have scored four. So how are you feeling when you've done enough to win over two legs, yet you've lost your unbeaten home record? And can maybe a jolt like that give you an extra push for what lies ahead this season? Pete Krabietz always says, the art of football is to lose the right games. I still hate it. But if there was any... any um, kind of game we could have lost and could have afforded to lose. It was tonight uh, because the main target, obviously, of this competition is to, to get through. But you are right. It's not that I'm here, like, over the moon. <laughs> I'm really happy that we went through because, um, obviously, when we saw the draw in the first place, it was like, okay, that's a tough one. So we went through. And I think over the two legs, we deserved it. Um, so that's fine that we had... Um, some problems in the game tonight for different reasons. One is the quality of the opponent. They are really, they're a really good football team. And they set up, we know that in the league, a little bit from Leeds under Bielsa, just with much more quality. And that makes it really tricky um, to play against them. But we still had our chances and didn't score. But about when I think about the game, I didn't like our counter press. I don't think we won in the first 20 minutes any kind of ball back. You have to be kind of expensive when you open up, when, you, when you're in possession, but when you lose the ball and we lost the ball, obviously in, in, in strange moments, um, then you have to, to chase the situation. And um, that was not exactly how I wanted it. But um, in the end, we have to respect the quality of the opponent. We do that. Um, and how is that? It's a big if, but we didn't go. But if we would have used our chances uh, from set pieces, from uh, yeah, other situations, so it wasn't a bit slapstick how we missed the chances in the end. We still could have won the game. So I really think that's, that's the only thing I'm interested in, um, that um, it's, uh, it's fair that we are through uh, against a really strong opponent. And so now let's carry on. Can I also get your view on the sending off, Jürgen, as well? Because clearly Sanchez has played the ball, but also clearly there's contact with the follow-through that obviously endangers an opponent. I don't understand why we have to why we have to discuss that. Um, because in football, uh, uh, yeah, if you've played football, if you can win the ball only, if you bring yourself in a position that you endanger the opponent, then you don't win the ball. So that's it. If Fab goes in, in with the same intention, like with a long leg, then both players get injured. Fab is there because he judges the ball. If he is not flying in, then I will get it. Um, but because Andre is flying in, then he touches the ball before, and that's possible. But in the end, he cannot stop and and hit Fab in a really bad way, to be honest. And uh, I think he was quite lucky that he didn't get a different call in the first half when Paul uh, Thiago uh, lagged that high against the knee, similar situation. Yeah, it's passion is good, absolutely good. But um, if it leads to these kind of things, it just doesn't help. Okay, we've got uh, Giuseppe and Luca. I'm going to go to Giuseppe first. Giuseppe, can you ask in English or is it in Italian? Italian, it's okay. A second. Hopefully this works. <laughs> Hi, can you hear me in English? Hi, good evening. Um, first of all, congratulations um, for getting through to the next round. Now you've um, played both uh, Milan and Inter. Um, 
What do you think about Italian football? Um, because um, very often people say that uh, Italian football has a lot to do to catch up with other countries, you know, not least all England. So what's your impression of Italian football having played Milan and Inter already this season? Oh. <laughs> um, both teams really good. Um, different setup. Um, I think um, I was said after the, the, the games against Milan, I really like the project there, this kind of mix with young players and all these kind of things, um, like um, how, how they approach the games, um, the way they play. Um, Inter is probably more experienced. Huh? So, um, and has obviously a different setup. It's this man marking, which is really tough to play against. Um, they, um, I can imagine when an opponent sits deep, then it might be more difficult for them. But in general, the quality um, both teams have is really exceptional. And um, I don't think if anybody talks about uh, the quality of Italian football, nobody talks about the top four five we faced Atalanta um, and they gave us a proper game here at Anfield as well it was really difficult um, you were yeah you don't have to talk about yeah and then Napoli we played quite a lot against Napoli to be honest um, so we are obviously Italian experts and um, yeah it's let me say like this um, if you get an Italian team in the draw it's not that you start a party immediately. You think, oh, God, that's hard work. And it was hard work. Thank you, Giuseppe. We go to Luca, who's on. I don't think any of those back. Luca, and then we finish with John Murray from the BBC. I was trying to put those on. I don't think we can see Luca, but hopefully we can hear him. Luca, you there? Not sure if you can hear us now. Luca. Uh, Hello, can you, can you hear me? Yes, we can, sir. Yes, we can. Hello, uh, good evening, uh, Jurgen. Uh, I just wanted to ask uh, if uh, this game has. Uh, <laughs> sorry, okay. Uh, has this game confirmed to you the, the impression you had before this game? Uh, I mean, that Inter is probably the, the strongest side in Italy, and uh, if Inter deserves to be considered as the favorite in the Scudetto race. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to cause Inter any problems, though. Like, um... <laughs> And I have said already, I like AC Milan as well, and we shouldn't forget Juve. And um, I know Napoli lost now a decisive game, but that doesn't mean they're out of the race. So um, I have no idea who will be Italian champion. Um, to become champion in whichever country, you need to have quality. All these teams have quality. And on the other hand, on the other side, you need to be lucky as well with injuries. And I'm not sure about Inter tonight, what happened to De Free and, and Brozovic. Uh, they are for sure very important players for Inter, um, and that's why I say, I say you need to be lucky as well. So I will follow, and um, who will, will make the race? But it's not my first thing what I really think about. Final question of the night, John Murray from the BBC. Jurgen, you 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 won't worry too much about this, will you? Because of the circumstances, will you just put it behind you? Arts, not everything. So um, there are. I'm going to tell you that the first 20 minutes I didn't like too much um, our our counter press. Then it's something that has nothing to do with your opponent. That's only about us. Um, and what we conceded, we shouldn't have conceded. Um, even when the finish was really brilliant, but we could have done differently before. Um, so it's not that um, I'm the type of guy who puts now the finger in it and, and tell the boys. But it was completely um, 
out of range or whatever, it's things that can happen. Again, you have to make sure that you know about it and, and you don't do it again, or you make do it just better next time. Um, how is that? Uh, we could have played better, not too much better, to be honest, because the opponent is just really good. It's not that I think we should have dominated them for whatever, however. Um, it's really difficult, but um, we all know if we use if the first header goes in on all the kind of, I know it's big if, but you use one or two chances, the game has a completely different story. And because we didn't use them in the state in the game, and um, then they could score the goal, and uh, then it was obviously more exciting than we wanted, not for too long because the red card, and then we could control it completely. And um, so um, I think we are deserved in the quarterfinal, and that's actually all I'm interested in. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool go through in the Champions League after a 1-0 defeat at home to Inter. Never nice to lose games, especially Liverpool's record over the last 50 games or so, in which has seen them only lose two fixtures before going into the Inter fixture. But I suppose if you're ever going to lose games, it's always the best way to do it is that it doesn't affect the points tally in the league or that it doesn't affect you in terms of getting eliminated from any of the cup competitions. So it's probably the best outcome that you could possibly have that you go through despite a defeat. And overall, I always like to look at these things quite roundedly. So, I mean, there was a lot of criticism of Liverpool after the game from some of the, the studio guests and some of the, the respective television stations. And I found that quite quite strange to be honest the idea that Liverpool has almost got away with one I didn't think that was ever the case and I think Inter Milan were really good in the first half obviously playing a 3-5-2 system I felt it worked really well up against Liverpool's shape the two central strikers were able to press Liverpool's centre-halves wing-backs could push onto the full-backs and, and I felt what was really impressive about it was just the the advantage uh, adventurous nature of how Inter went about it at the back in terms of almost playing man for man against Liverpool's three higher players in the team and not often you see that that the teams will back their athleticism and the ability to be able to manage them situations and I felt they managed them really well I mean in the first half Liverpool had two really good opportunities from set plays but in general Liverpool were stopped advancing into dangerous areas and getting any overloads really within the game where you felt that Liverpool had had got into situations where they could really hurt the opposition. And I think a lot of the credit has to go to the, the opposition. I felt into it went to an excellence. What I would say, though, is they were excellent without ever looking like they could hurt Liverpool. And if you look at the the actual opportunities they before the Lautaro, Lautaro goal, it was very few and far between. They never really had that, that punch that you felt could allow them to score that goal, which would then put the tie on a knife edge. However, obviously, fast forward to the, the second half and Liverpool had a really sloppy 10-minute spell where Inter got into, again, some, some decent areas, especially in wide areas where they were allowed to cross the ball. And a little bit of uncertainty came into Liverpool's game and obviously Lataro then finishes excellently. I mean, it was a shambles from Liverpool's point of view, the actual goal. I mean, why Van Dijk's taking the... The actual goal kick, it just seemed a really strange setup. He then plays Matip into trouble, he plays down the line, it gets intercepted. And then, never like Van Dijk, because I'm, I'm his biggest fan, but for me, too slow to get out to the ball. It's only happened one or t- once or twice this season, but he has to affect that earlier. He has to get out to a Lazaro earlier. 
and stop that shot being able to take place. I mean, Lasaro's not going to run away from him, so you don't have to worry about that, and he has to engage earlier. But listen, these things can happen. It's a great finish. And then, obviously, you think to yourself that it could be a really difficult game for Liverpool at that point then because there's there's uncertainty that crept into the game. Inter Milan have played really well. And you did you did concern yourself at that point a little bit because Liverpool were struggling to create things as well. They were really looking like they didn't really have an idea of how to, to hurt Inter. And if you look over the two legs, actually, I mean, I know Liverpool scored first goal from a player Inter. I think the second one was from a, almost the second phase of a corner, I think. So it wasn't as if they created massive chances in the in the away leg and it was actually quite an even tie when you took away Liverpool's proficiency in front of goal. But then obviously Alexis Sanchez basically hands Liverpool the game at that point because Liverpool aren't going to, such as the quality of Liverpool's side, they're not going to pass up the opportunity to play 11 v 10 at elite level. And it was for, and it was fortunate in the sense that Alexis's actions, but I just wanted to touch on that really. I think that was normally I always reflect on sort of the game players, you know, trying to look at tactics or whatever, badly or badly or well. <laughs> but in this case, I just wanted to focus on the actual decision from the referee on Alexis because I've heard so much, in my opinion, nonsense about obviously the tackle and it being, you know, he's, he's really hard done by because he's stretching for the football and where's his leg going to go after the challenge? It's missing the whole point of, of, of the situation completely. I mean, the moments he decides, and don't forget he's on a yellow card, which possibly could have been a red card, but let's just take that out of the equation. He's obviously on a yellow card. The moment he decides to lunge for that ball with his foot off the ground, with his stud showing, and the moment he makes that decision, the outcome can always be that you can endanger an opponent, and that's the key, whether it's a reckless challenge. This idea of whether he meant it, whether it was intense, it, it's never been a factor in the rule book for years now. And it's just a stonewalled yellow card, and there's no there's no difficulty about it. I mean, you know, he endangers the opponents. He, he goes into Matip's ankle at that point, and it just, it just bamboozles me sometimes when I'm listening to pundits because... You know, you you try and get some sort of insight, but the the angle that these people are coming from it, it's just totally disregarding the rules. I mean, he he has to be more considered in his judgments at that moment in time. He has to almost when he's on a yellow card, accept that he's almost not going to make make them physical contacts, and especially not put his body out of his vicinity, which means that he's then got a reach, which you know you, you then lap at the gods in terms of what the outcome could be. And I'll give it a similar sort of situation was Navi Keita in the champion, uh, the the cup final the other week against Chelsea. For me, that can easily be a red card. And if it's given a red card, nobody can have any complaints. As a Liverpool supporter, I can't have any complaints because unfortunately, he's endangered an opponent with that action. Now, people may say, well, you know, he's gone in to win the ball. He's, you know, he, he hasn't meant to do it. It's totally irrelevant. Uh, another one I remember a few years ago was Sadio Mane on Edison. I mean, this is going back a few years ago now, but Manny got sent off for lifting his leg up, uh, colliding with Edison's head. Of course, Manny didn't didn't mean the challenge. Of course, he didn't. You know, where is his foot going to go when he again he's raising his, his his leg up? I know there's slightly different situations, but I'm just giving giving the idea. But it's totally irrelevant at the end of the day. The moment he reaches out of it, he makes a movement that his studs 
uh, are facing out of his vicinity, you can endanger an opponent and it's reckless and they're the key the key words. So unfortunately that's just what I, I don't normally talk about referees, but it just frustrates me so much listening to it. Um sometimes about these kind of incidents because it isn't about whether somebody means it or whether where can the leg go after the tackle? The point of the matter is, or the tackle or the stretch, the point of the matter is they shouldn't be making that tackle. They shouldn't be making that stretch because once they decide to do that, unfortunately, the outcome is no longer in their hands. It's in the lap of the gods as to where that stud ends up or where that leg ends up. You know, I'll even look at the... Again, it's it's a different situation, but Pickford against Van Dijk, you know, all this... For me, absolute garbage about so Pickford's meant to, you know, he's meant to endanger Van Dyke, but he, he hasn't at all. What Pickford's tried to do is he's tried to narrow the gap between himself and Virgil Van Dyke at that moment in time. And unfortunately, in his panic, in his frantic state to be able to, to close that gap and narrow the distance, his tackle's been a terrible one. What he's actually done is he's gone in with force and he's endangered Van Dyke. And the outcome should have been a red card. Now, that doesn't mean to say that Pickford meant the challenge. It was intentional. There was no, by no means was it. What he's trying to do is he's trying to block the ball. But unfortunately, his action and the way he went in with his body and that scissor motion has obviously had a terrible outcome for Van Dijk, but also should have resulted in a red card because, again, it's then out of his control in terms of his action or what he attempted to do to the player. And listen, that's what I wanted to talk about today. Not often I talk about referees, really, but I just thought to myself that that was quite an interesting one because I just sit there sometimes and I think to myself, no, you, you know, you're coming at it from completely the wrong, the wrong standpoint in in that sense. So that was all really. Um, Liverpool obviously progressed the next round. Not an ideal performance by any means, but again. I always think to myself, you know, was it the worst Liverpool performance? Well, not really. It wasn't the worst Liverpool performance. They were playing against a decent side. And really, if you look at the, the West Ham game, for example, I'd probably say that was a worse performance. Most definitely because what actually happened was Liverpool actually relied on the opposition to miss clear-cut chances to be able to advance to the, um, in terms of the scoreline. If you look at, obviously, uh, I think it was Lanzini and there was one in the first half as well that Alexander-Arnold crossed off the line. Cleared off the line. So when you go out of the realms of it being, you know, because players can miss chances, players can shoot from the edge of the box. That that can happen. But when you're actually the your reliance on the opposition missing guilt edge chances to be able to to gain the outcome of the results, that's a different thing altogether. That you being fortunate as opposed to you know being quite in control of the game and having the majority of the chances, etc., etc. So sometimes the, I, I think that the, the scoreline in the sense of the FIFA Liverpool can sometimes make it look worse than it actually was. They were playing against a good side, managed to advance, could have been more difficult, but a, a deserved red card and obviously progress. So you go on to the next one. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 1-0 loss to Inter Milan at Anfield didn't really feel like a loss, partly because, of course, we won the tie 2-1 on aggregate but also we were by far the better team I think we hit the woodwork three times each time I was off my seat thinking we'd scored and then Diaz you know had that shot cleared off the line by Arturo Vidal and, and we had plenty of opportunities we always looked dangerous from set pieces Joel Matip and Virgil van Dijk look very very imposing when they come up and um, in the second half in particular I think our uh, our front three 
sort of had their head in the game finally they were a bit quiet in the in the first half and I think Mo had one of those head down days didn't he when he gets the ball at his feet he's uh, you know very much looking at the ball and not the players around him and trying to beat several men which is well capable of doing sometimes he just needs that little bit of extra luck with the last one or two men having beaten three or four and he's clean through on goal so I think I just didn't feel like a, a one nothing loss um, they're a nice team I and mean, they've got some they've got some decent players and they're I think we're used to seeing Spanish and Italian teams where they there's lots of fooling around and rolling around on the ground and the manager's sort of a an evil looking character. This manager seems quite a reasonable fella and um you know I think full respect to them they 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 came to Anfield and put in a performance that was desperately needed from them. They didn't have much to hope for although it was always going to be a question of the first goal being critical. Whoever went ahead, you know, if Liverpool had gone ahead, that was it, ties over really, even if it was in the first minute of the match. And if Inter had gone ahead, then it's scary, even if it was in the 80th minute of the match. And um, it was only because I think they quite rightly went down to 10 men just after they'd scored that it wasn't quite as scary as it could have been. Um, so, you know, in many ways, everyone's a winner. I think uh, there'll be some satisfaction on the part of Inter and, of course, great satisfaction for us having having managed to get through. Our midfielders today, uh, Fabinho got penalised a couple of times very early on for what didn't look like fouls at all to me. And I think he then probably felt he had to hang back a little bit from challenges, but, but he played well. But the... The four men that played around him, first of all, Curtis and Thiago, I thought were very, very good. Both players having a really good game. Curtis is demonstrating confidence now, isn't he? I think he he really feels like he's a part of this. And despite his youth, he can he's very calm with the ball at his feet and, and willing to do very positive things. Thiago, I thought, was first class. And we need to see more of Thiago, don't we? And by that, I mean we need to see him on the pitch for more minutes. And his fitness has been, his health rather than his aerobic fitness, has been a bit of an issue since he since he joined. And it'd be so good to see him available for a lengthy period of time and and see what he can really do. Because he's got bite, he's got, he's got tremendous vision, he's got lovely touches. I mean, he's... He's an artist, and it would be it would be good to see more of him. But isn't it refreshing to know that you can bring Curtis and Tiago off, and then bring Hendo and Naby on, and and just when they were needed, it was that we needed people to settle things. Hendo's a very you know when, when you see him come on, and I, I felt this the last time he came on as a substitute. You, you see him standing at the touchline. He's he's a He's a big lad, isn't he? And he's an imposing figure to bring on. It must make opposition hearts sink when they when they realise that our reserves are of his stature. And Narby played well, quickly got into things, knocking the ball around, just keeping possession, which was exactly what was needed. I thought um, I thought Trent Alexander Arnold had a a super performance as well. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first two occasions on which we hit the post 
would have meant assists for him. Um, you know, he was he was he was on fire today going forward, and his, his, the quality of his distribution superb again. And um, yeah, so this is this is Champions League realism. We are we are I think on our way to big things here. There's only really Manchester City, I believe, who can compete with us. Although you look at Bayern Munich's score today and you'll be impressed, but you have to take into consideration what Bayern Munich did in the first leg, which wasn't very impressive. And then generally you have to consider the quality of their opposition. I, I feel very, very um, buoyant about the prospect of Liverpool getting getting to Paris for the final. Uh wouldn't it be exciting if we met Manchester City there? At Galasahi on Twitter. G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Mike Holt from Go in the Match podcast with my review on Liverpool nil in at Milan 1. Sees the Reds go through to the last eight of the Champions League. Mission done. Um, not the prettiest game again. Um, said the same against the West. Said the same in the West Ham game at the weekend. Not the prettiest performance, but we got over the line. Um, my only sort of overall worry with those two statements back-to-back now is, is that going to come back to, to bite us? Um, you know, um, so long as we get the performances back up to speed, the results will come. But, um, you know, maybe it will start to be a bit of a worry on Jürgen's mind that in the last two games we haven't performed that well. Yeah, we've got the... The results that we needed to get but you know that might just be playing in his mind a little bit and um, that being said you know we were unlucky tonight in in terms of hitting the bar in the first half of Matip um, and obviously Salah hits the post twice and Diaz has one blocked off the line by Vidal so in that sense we were unlucky you know didn't have the rub of the green tonight but that being said as well you know across the 90 we weren't we weren't at our best Um Going into that starting eleven, arguably our strongest eleven. Maybe you could say Diaz has pushed himself in there now. Henderson was obviously given a bit of a break, I think. Um, but bar that, I think it's probably as strong as we could have gone. Um, back five kind of picks itself these days, and I thought they 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 were they were they were fine. They, you know, they didn't look suspect or anything. Um, thought Trent played really well. I thought he was quite exceptional. Robertson. Was pretty good. Matip and Van Dijk dealt with everything that they needed to do. Obviously, the goal from Latour Martinez is obviously just a worldie. Um, you know, he, he is a sensational footballer. I've watched quite a bit of Serie, Serie A this season. Um, Inter Milan, in particular, uh, he is he is a bit of a baller, and that that goal was sublime. Not too much you could have really done about that. Um, you know, he was quite scared going up against Van Dijk, especially in that first half. Um, he was retreating quite a bit every time Van Dijk got near him. Um, midfield, yeah, Fabinho thought he was really good. Um, got himself stuck in, especially amongst the likes of um, Brozovic and, and your Vidal's. Um, Curtis Jones and Thiago alongside him. Thiago disappointed me. Wasn't um, wasn't overly pleased with his performance. Um, just a little bit slow on the ball, um, bit passive. Um, he, he, he obviously he's not really played re- much in the last couple of weeks since he got injured for the final um, against Chelsea, and he just looked a bit 
not I don't I'm not too sure. He just he was off the boil a little bit tonight, I think. Um Curtis Jones, yeah, I think he did all right. He did okay. Um he was trying to he was trying to affect the game. Um his body language looked a little bit nervous in the first half, but when once he started getting the ball and driving with it, I thought he did quite well. Um and the front three of Salah, uh, Jota and Mane. Jota and Mane Mane actually did all right in the last twenty minutes, but prior to that I think he, his touch and stuff wasn't on it. Um Jota really disappointed me. Um again his touch wasn't quite there. Um his second touch was a tackle almost. Um he just wasn't quite on it tonight. I'm not too sure maybe if that's a little bit of fatigue as well potentially. Um but he wasn't quite on it. And Salah you know, he was trying, he was getting down the byline, he was getting fouled quite a lot. <laughs> I mean, the referee's probably another discussion on its own, but he was unlucky, he hit the bar twice, you know, another day there, two goals. Um, and obviously the subs come on in Henderson uh, and Cater, which I think were the right subs at the right time, just to show the game up, control it especially with the red card for Sanchez, um, which was a stone wall. To be honest, I think that he, he was lucky to get away with the first tackle, that it was only a yellow, so only right that he got sent off. And I think that coincided, and the red card coincided with Henderson and Cater coming on. I think it changed the game a bit. Um, I think we just we, it, it's what we needed at the time, helped control uh, and settle the game down more. Um and like like I say, I mean, like touching on the ref, I thought he was absolutely terrible. Um, for both teams, to be quite honest, I thought he was shocking. Um, he, he looks like one of those typical European refs. All about him. Um, you know, God willing that we don't get him in the final uh, in Paris. Um, but yeah, wasn't quite our night tonight. Um, uh, but the job's done. We're through. To the last eight, um, obviously Bayern Munich go through tonight, PSG, Real Madrid, another big one tomorrow, uh, and a set of fixtures next week. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to whoever we get in the next round. Um, you know, I think tonight we didn't really help in the sense that we went in two 0 up. Um, was there a bit of complacency there? I don't really associate that with this Liverpool team on the Klopp, but um, Salah was asked the same question. Uh, post-match just there and he sort of give a similar answer um, but I, I fancy us against anybody um, like I say we're through just a little um, just a little voice on my own podcast going the match um, I've just done a the life of Diego Maradona episode um, which is one of my best ones yet that I think and I'd be really appreciated people went over had a listen to that I know it's not Liverpool related but it is a really interesting discussion so that's going the match podcast uh, and at life of Diego Maradona. You've been listening to the post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.